Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast, episode 55, title, Welcome to the USA. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media and do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Angie Rupert, the founder of Rupert Law Group. Welcome to the show, Angie. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. I am super excited to have you on the show because you're a fellow attorney. Indeed. Yes, I am. <laughs> and you're the type of attorney that people love to come see. Oh, I am. Oh, well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yes, we need more attorneys like you. But before we dive right in, Angie, do you have a, li- a lawyer joke to share with us? I did find one just for you. Yes. So I did. Okay. So how many lawyer jokes are there? <laughs> I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you share it. Darn it. Okay. Well, there's only three. The rest are all true stories. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorites too. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad I found that one for you. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Angie, you are known as the E2 Investor Visa Attorney. Indeed. Yeah. What a speciality. It is, but I, you know, I'm so excited to have that as my uh, specialty because I love my clients. They're great people and they're really, they're entrepreneurs, they're gutsy, they're ready to do it. I love it. They're great. You are the perfect guest for this show because we're not just nationwide. We are actually an internationally based podcast now. We have gone international. And I love it. Plus, you have like such an exotic, well, for we Americans, such an exotic accent, too. So this is like a, this is fabulous. I'm so thrilled. Well, thank you. Thank you, Angie. Tell us about your background, because I really want you to explain the speciality that you have. And again, I'm going to just mention it because I think it's, I've, I've never come across this speciality in particular, right? So you are known as the E2 Investor Visa Attorney. Tell me about your background. Yeah. So, um, well, geez, I mean, where do we start? But I'll, I'll give you the 90 second version. So um, I originally started doing litigation and we did mass torts uh, against pharmaceutical companies and stuff, something totally different. And I found out really quickly that litigation was not for me. And so I kind of moved on and I got really involved in the business development and entrepreneurship aspect of the law. So I worked doing business development for law firms. And then I started a marketing company where I was doing business development for a lot of different law firms and loved that entrepreneurial spirit, loved how does business work? How would we get clients? What are we doing with that? And so I had a, uh, I had a baby in 2013. And so after that took a little time kind of to, to figure out what it was that I was going to do, I took some time with him. And then I thought, you know, when I go back, I'm going to be, I'm going to be practicing again, but I really want to work with those entrepreneurs. And um, so I ended up finding the E2 visa, 
which is a visa for people, entrepreneurs all over the world who want to start a business in the United States. And so now I get this kind of great combination of my legal background, but also that love of entrepreneurship and business development and how are things working. And it is like the perfect fit for me. Again, you are the perfect guest for this show because the show is about supporting entrepreneurs. It's supporting them and sharing with them information from experts in their industry on how not to do things as well as how to do things, right? Indeed. Yes, that is, that's about 90% of it is don't do this. And 10% is like, here's what you do. Right, exactly. And I could probably guess that you are not born with a to-do book, right? Angie, this is what you're going to do. These are the mistakes you're going to avoid. Uh, and this is how you become successful. Yeah, it would have been super awesome. <laughs> Don't and you if you do find that book, like I can still use it for sure. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, like I said, when I first started, like I had a business development background and pharmaceutical mass torts. Right. And that's kind of where I started. Um, and I was all over the board, as you see, like uh, several different careers that kind of led me to this. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the people that I work with and the people that come to me, they're all, they already have that passion and that drive, which is so crucial. So I just kind of get to help them get to like, oh, put these documents together. And then, and then once they get here, they really, really thrive. Um, but it's been great. You know, you and I have worked with clients together, yes. um, which has been really helpful because I was able to give them you as a reference for someone that can help them do very specific items, um, which has been great. And um, so that's kind of how we got to know each other is working together with some of these people, helping them through some of these little steps. Yes, yes. And as you very well know, because you've worked in that entrepreneurial space, if you will, that entrepreneurs have a very different type of mindset. Yes. I, I started my legal career with one of the largest international law firms in the world. I learned from some of the brilliant minds that were out there. But I always knew that there was something more for me, right? There's always yes. something more for me. Yes. And I saw my dad growing up sort of um, working in a factory. It was a denim factory in, in England. And he worked his way up. And eventually, he actually became the owner of the company. He bought the owner out. <sighs> <laughs> this is something you and I have in common because my dad worked at an auto body repair shop. And right. eventually, he bought the auto body repair shop. Look at that. I was also very much influenced by my dad as far as I need to be in charge of my own destiny here. I do not want to be billing for other people and doing this and doing that and taking on cases that I'm not interested in. So I didn't know that about you. That's amazing. We have a lot of the same background then. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And and once this quarantine is lifted, because we are recording, right, during this global pandemic, you and I have to have a, a drink or two. I know. I know. That's what we were just talking about. Like in real life, we'd be doing this in person, but we'll get back there. We're going to be back there soon. I know. Yes, yes, exactly. And for the entrepreneurs that are listening to the show, right? So they can be, they fall in several categories. They can fall in someone's just thinking about going into business for themselves. Okay. They can be, they've started a business and they need to know what the next steps are. They can be in the growth phase. The growth phase is a really exciting phase, but it's scary at the same time. And out of these three types of entrepreneurs, 
you have different challenges, right? And you've got different hurdles you have to get over. I have to say, first and foremost, you hit it on the head. You need passion for what you do. Angie, I was five years old when I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. Don't ask me how. I don't know. I have no, I didn't even know how to spell it, right? But all I knew was I wanted to be a lawyer. And I saw my dad, right? And I saw how he, he worked really hard to achieve his dreams. And as you said at the outset, I have an exotic accent. I was born and raised in England. And I truly feel that America is a land of opportunities, right? It, it still is. And for the international audience that's listening to this show right now, my hand to God, it truly is the land of opportunities. If you have a dream, you can come here and make that happen. Okay. Now, before they can come here and make that happen, there are certain steps that they have to take, isn't it, Angie? Yes, yes. Share, sure. share with us, how, how do you help international clients or potential clients gain a U.S. presence? Yeah, so I think the first step is, so the E2, as we mentioned, is for entrepreneurs or um, investors that are interested in starting or buying a business in the United States and then coming to the United States to run that business. So the first step is, I always tell everyone, the first step that you need, even before you hire a lawyer, you've got to figure out what business do you want to start or buy? Because honestly, with the E2, it's such a great visa because it's so flexible. I mean, it's got to be legal, of course. And then um, it needs to be for profit. So you can't run a charity or something. And then also, it just needs to provide a good or service. If it fits into those three, it can work. It doesn't matter anything else. So it's essentially everything, right, is is the option. So I can't help people with that because I deal with marketing. And I don't know what their interests are or their background or whatever. But once they figure that out, and then I say the second thing is figure out where do you want to open or buy this business? Um, Hawaii, Vermont, Alaska, Florida, Kansas, whatever. I mean, it's all the same. So anywhere you want to go is fine. But so they can, just, they can just pick a state? Wherever they want to go, whatever they want to do. So it's, it's almost, I don't know, my husband and I always talk about this. You know, then when you think about, oh, I'm going to buy a new car or something, it's so exciting. And then you figure out there are like 20,000 options and you're just like, I can't do, I can't even do it. It's like, give me three and I'll pick my favorite one of those. This is kind of that, which is why it's difficult to talk to a lawyer at the very, very beginning, because I have no idea if you want to start a car wash, if you want to have an embroidery shop, if you want to do an online marketing business, whatever, any of those work and way, way more. I mean, I've had some of the most interesting and unusual businesses, all kinds of things. And then, yeah, where do you want to do it? A lot of people want to go to Florida or California. The weather's better. There's some different things, but some people have, oh, my family lives in North Dakota. Great. Go to North Dakota, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. So those are the first two things. Then the third thing is figuring out how are you going to invest in this business? So there is no minimum amount, but most attorneys will recommend that you invest at least about a hundred thousand US dollars in the business. And so figuring out, and it might be more than that, kind of depends on what business you're opening and where and all of those things. But if you can figure out what business you want, where you want it, and how much money you have to invest in it, then it's time to call a lawyer and walk through how do you kind of get this idea into a business? Because that is the process of getting the E2, is helping set up this business, get it to the point almost of operations or sometimes operational then you go get the visa. 
So there's a lot of steps getting everything kind of set up and making sure that we have the right documentation to send to the consulate wherever you're from. And then you go to the interview and get the visa. Then you come on over and run the business. So which countries are you uh, seeing sort of investment right. coming into the U.S. from? Yeah, I think, I mean, so the E2 visa is great for anyone who is a citizen of a treaty country. Now, I'm not going to go through and list them all because there's like 65 or 70 treaty countries. We've got um, about two days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there are a lot of treaty countries and uh, you can look that up online if you're one. Um, I deal a lot with Canadians. Um, Canadians, obviously, the language situation is easy. Um, Culturally, it's pretty simple. Uh, You know, and a lot of them either have spent tons of time in the U.S., have relatives in the U.S. It's, It's not a huge leap. Um, so, and, and being in Los Angeles, although I deal with people all over the world and all over the country that want to go to different States or whatever, a lot of people call me cause I'm in LA. They want to come to LA, you know, weather and just all of that. Um, I deal with a lot of Australians for the same reason. Many Australians come to the West coast, mm-hmm. New Zealanders as well. Tons of people from the UK, lots of UK clients, but I also have clients from, uh, clients from Mexico. Clients from um, a lot of Europe. I have French clients. Uh, you know, I have, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm like Austria uh, right now. Um, let's see, Bulgaria, Spain, Italy, you know, wow. all around. So lots of people all over the world. It's That's also super exciting because everybody's, you know, this is like, a, it's a very kind of American melting pot type of job. It's like, I've got all these clients from all over the world. Yet they're all so similar because they want opportunity for themselves, for their families. They want the the freedom of living in the United States and just doing their thing in this huge market. So some people love where they're living, but they're like, hey, you know, there's 30 million people in my country. There are 330 million in the United States. I want to expand this. I want to grow. So that's the cool part. But so I guess very short answer all over the world, but a lot of Europeans, Australians, New Zealand, Canadian. So, Angie, what does E2 stand for? Um, that's great. That's a great question. It's actually just a uh, statute within the immigration law. So it doesn't really stand for anything. It's just one of the uh, non-immigrant uh, uh, visa categories based on the statute. So it doesn't really stand for much, <laughs> but it is uh, for investors. There you go. So as far as your clients go, I'm sure mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not supposed to admit this, right, as attorneys, but we all have a favorite client. Can you share with us one of the fun cases that you worked on? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Um, I've got to say, I've, I, it's, it would be way easier for me to pick out a couple of clients that I wasn't a big fan of because I love all of my clients. But uh, a great story. So I have a client who is currently still working on getting everything set up. So have not gone to the interview or anything, but they are amazing. They have a son who is, I believe he is nine. He may have just turned 10 and they are doing all of this for him. And they are, he's he's a lucky kid. He's a very lucky kid. He's a very sporty kid and he does really well at tennis. That's kind of his thing in the home country. And they live in kind of a smallish country and they want him to have all of these opportunities. 
And they have been through so much getting this business set up for a multitude of reasons, just all outside of their control, kind of. And they have never given up and they are still setting things up. And we still talk every two weeks. Um, They are amazing. I have, gosh, I have um, so many of my clients, like every single one. And I have to tell you, like, once people get to the United States, I have actually hired my own clients to help me do stuff. Because some of them have such amazing businesses and I'm such an entrepreneur. Like I love supporting small businesses and entrepreneurs. So I have hired some of my clients to help me do stuff. Um, once they got here, uh, one of my clients is an architect and I had her come and design this thing for my fireplace. It was amazing. And it looks amazing. And I cannot wait to hire her again to help me with my kitchen remodel that I'm getting ready to do. So I have so many great stories like that. But I would say the one that just shows this just true American entrepreneurial spirit are my clients that are still working on their visa. And I am praying for them that once they get everything together and once the embassies open back up, that they're going to get their visa and come over. I'm so excited for them. How long does the process normally take? And again, just to something that will go through smoothly because I know it's all case by case, right? But from the start to when they get here, how long is that process? Um, And again, yeah, it varies a lot. But I would say uh, the first step is gathering all of the documents in order to put them together. So that, that takes most people about three or four months. But it really depends on if they're just buying a business and it's like, hey, here's the purchase agreement, here's the check, let's move. Like that's way faster. And some people, I've had clients with me for more than a year. But the great news is that's really up to the client. However quickly they can move or if they want to kind of take it slowly, that's that process. Once I get all of the documents, it takes me about two weeks to put an application together. And then from there, we send it to the consulate in the country, wherever they are from. And that process, the the consulate will usually review it first before scheduling the interview. And that can last anywhere from four to 12 weeks. It depends on what country and that kind of thing. And then they'll go to an interview. The interviews are typically anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, depending on, again, where it is. And then usually at the end of that interview, if they're approved, they'll just take the passport, put a visa, mail the passport to them about a week later, and they're done. That's it. How fantastic is that? So they don't have to sort of wait around, you know, for, for years and years. No, 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 no. This is... Usually I tell people from the day you sign with me until the day you get your visa average, it's about six months. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. It is. How, how do people find you? Um, I think uh, people find me online a lot. I do have, um, I have an Instagram account, E2 Visa Attorney. And then I have my website, which is rupertlawgroup.com. And that has a lot of information. I Yes. I kind of went information heavy there. Uh, it took a ton of time. And while I was doing it, I'm like, oh, but um, I've gotten a lot of compliments. It walks people kind of through how to do things. So a lot of people find me online that way. Um, and then sometimes people find me through their professional network, right? Um, accountants or business attorneys like you, um, sometimes other immigration attorneys. That's one of the things that a lot of clients don't necessarily understand is someone who deals with marriages, oh, I married a U.S. citizen and now I want to get a green card, that kind of thing. A lot of times they don't handle E-2s and vice versa. They're very, very different processes. Right, right. And in fact, through different branches of the government, they're not even... So the only thing that's the common thing is someone from from somewhere else wants to come to the United States and that's about where it ends. So 
I get referrals from other immigration attorneys too. Somebody called me today with his E2. I don't even know the first thing about it. So I will kind of take that more. Well, that's fantastic because yeah. like you said, you've got a, a background in marketing, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's the, the holy grail for entrepreneurs, isn't it? Now that you have a business, and you have a product or service that you know someone's going to want to use. But how do you tell them that you're there, that you have this service or product? How do you market yourself? Do you give any, even some guidelines or what have you? Do you talk to your uh, clients that come over here and maybe help them with marketing? You know, I really, I don't, although um, I've had some, let's see, I have had some, like I said, that I hired, like once they got here, because I thought they were great, or told friends about, so I've done some of that for them. Um, Certainly, I have, and I mean, I think you work the same way, this is how we know each other, as I have people that I can always refer them to, if someone's like, hey, you know, I've got this, I actually had this client, I am importing rugs and I'm going to be selling rugs wholesale. Um, where would I go for someone who might be able to build me a website? Or what do I do for somebody? I need like some online advertising, I think, or maybe trade shows, or I'm not really sure. So that's one of the things that I do, and I know you do as well, is I try to get a lot of professionals kind of just on board here. And sometimes I don't meet, you know, sometimes it's they're not needed, whatever. But when someone asks me a question about like, how would I get a trade show for like a home, you know, like a home goods trade show? I'd be like, I don't know. But let me tell you somebody who does. So that's one of the things I really try very hard to work on because this is a big move. I mean, I don't care if you are in Vancouver and if, you know, you're going to watch, it's a new country. It's all new regulations, state by state, totally different. You know that better than anyone. So I, that's my goal is like, listen, I know these E2s in and out and I feel very confident in that. Aside from that, if you've got a question, I feel really confident in my team and in my crew and they know their stuff. I'm going to send you to them. They're going to be able to help you for sure. So that's really where I kind of help on that end. See, that's exactly what I do too, right? So you and I have been in business for a while now and we've created those trusted relationships. Yes. And I'm sure it's been through trial and tribulations, right? But we have finally created mm-hmm. those trusted relationships that that's exactly what I tell my clients. So, and it seems like you are not just a transactional one-time attorney and then you, you know, you, you say, okay, God speak to you, off, off you go and, and enjoy, enjoy the USA. You really are a valuable source for them. And that's huge, Angie. That's absolutely huge. And that's exactly what I say to my clients too. If you need anything, anything, if you need, if you need an acupuncturist, right? Or if you need a dentist, because you're new here. If you need someone to clean your windows, ask me first. That's Mm -hmm. huge building that type of network. It really is. And it, feels like, you know, because I am with my clients for usually six months, sometimes more than a year. um, And I I kind of have a very hands-on process. So I speak with them, proactively schedule calls every two weeks, um, which I'm probably nuts for doing that because it's very time consuming, but they need to know what they're doing, right? I don't want them going way down this other road. And then I come back two months later and go, what? What'd you do? But because of that, 
I do feel a real relationship with all of my clients. And, you know, I have a, I have an email. It's called my welcome to the U.S. email. And so I always tell them once I get their visa. So, we, you know, we do all the stuff with the interview and they let me know as soon as they get the visa. I'm like, when you get that passport in the mail, you email me. Okay, I got the passport. When you touch down at JFK, you email me. When you get outside, I want you through customs. When you get outside, you email me. So when they do that, then I send the welcome to the U.S. email. And it's about how do you get a social security card? How do you get a driver's license? How do I get health insurance, right? The U.S. health insurance is scary even for those of us who live it. Um, For those of us who have never lived it, like it's a whole other thing. So, you know, and what do you do with, with employees? You know, people don't understand, especially California. There's a whole other beast, right? So it's like, what do I do with these employees? Like, what is the situation? How do I do this? You know, all of these things. So I send them a lot of that contact up front. But yeah, I mean, I've had people contact me later for other things, especially during this time, right? So about what about unemployment? Can I get these loans? What am I supposed to do with them? Um, That has been, and I'm sure you've gotten that as well. Absolutely. That's been a challenge for all attorneys because we don't like risk. And we like to know what we're saying. And unfortunately, no one on this earth knows any of this stuff. It's all brand new. So it's been a challenge. But yeah, I try to to keep up with them. Um, you know, just reach out every once in a while. I reached out to all my clients once this thing went down. Just how are things going? Don't, you know, don't freak. It, it's it's going to work out. We're all going to be okay. You know, and it's great to get those emails back that are just like, oh, this was like the nicest email I got today. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I did uh, probably cross an emotional line somewhere with my clients. Exactly. This is why it's so important. I would say for anyone, whether you're, whether you're a foreign national or not, but to get an attorney or to get a, you know, whoever you hire first, a CPA or a whatever, who has that feeling about you. And has people that they can, you know, whatever the question is, like, I don't have a clue, but Kelly's going to know. Ask her, you know, whatever. It's going to make your life a lot simpler. And then, you know, then you know that you've got a good attorney on your hands, somebody who's not just like, well, if I can't bill for it, I'm not that into it. You know, there's going to be a difference there. And and that's the difference, I think. And I think you feel the same way because I, you know, we've dealt with each other before. So I, I know that. Absolutely. And I'm seeing a shift as well, Angie, just in the legal section, right? Or the the legal arena, if you will. Mm. You've got your typical uh, law firms and typical lawyers, like you just said, if I can't bill for it, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Okay. And usually people don't think about, well, I'm new here. I've got questions. Uh, I need a CPA. I need somebody Mm-hmm. They would never ever think of calling their lawyer because that's the traditional type of law firm, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to bill for it, so I won't call them for a referral. But you and I decided to run a different type of law firm, right? Mm-hmm. Where we little and why? It's because we're entrepreneurs ourselves, Angie. Right. We right. understand the ins and outs and the pains that entrepreneurs go through. So if we can help save another entrepreneur some, you know, stress and some um, pitfalls, obviously we're going to do that. And honestly, your, your services sound incredible. Um, I want to hire you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, thank you. Thank you. I know. If you have any friends back in the UK, you know where to send them, Kelly. Let's do it. Absolutely. You've got that. Absolutely. Yes. And I have to ask you, though, I mean, have you ever had a case where it was just denied, the entry? Um. I hesitate to say this because as lawyers, you know, we can't guarantee anything, but no, I never have. Oh, touch wood. Um, I know, I know. Uh, that said, what I will say is this, you know, that day is coming, I'm sure, because there are so many things that are outside of my control and my client's control in the world of immigration. Of um, you've been through it, like on some level, right? And you kind of can see like, okay, well, a lot of it's in this third party's hands, so let's hope they understand what we're doing or whatever. But um, I, I attribute it to a couple of things. First of all, I just pick really good clients. Now, here's the secret, and I know, you know this, but some of the listeners may not know this. The attorneys pick the clients just as much as the other way around, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I have... I have been blessed. My dad really kind of helped me out with that. And he's like, the secret to success is having good clients. And he's right. So part of that I attribute to just being able to get some really good clients who are very competent and knowledgeable and super passionate about their business that comes out in the interview for sure. Um, but second of all, I would say um, being a conservative attorney helps. There are some and this goes back to kind of the people who want to, if I can't bill for it, I'm not going to do it. There are some who are like, oh, you got $30,000. Yeah, sure. We'll do it. Why not? You know, it's not their $30,000. It's not their life on the line. Exactly. And I will say on the other side, I've had to work really hard on the other end. I've had, I've had to work really hard on not being up at night. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, I hope I know I did that the right way. Oh my God. Like, what if I didn't capitalize this thing on the second page and then they think I didn't? Yeah, like, I really get too, probably too involved in these cases. But I would say those are the six. I mean, it's the clients. You know, I help them put the documents together, but the clients are the ones that sell this, this entrepreneur, this dream, this business at the interviews. And that's where a lot of this is decided. So the clients are really, they do a great job. You know, when they're coached up and they know what they're talking about, they do a great job. Angie, if you had to do it all over again, what would that one thing be that you would do differently? Oh, man, I would have started this a long time ago. Um, I would have started this business a long time ago. Uh, it, it truly is the first type of law and the first kind of entrepreneurship that just I was like, Oh, like it all <laughs> fit together, right? Like all of this stuff, I was I hated doing all the litigation and like the business development stuff after a while got really tedious. Then I put it all together and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, that said, I don't do a lot of kind of looking in the rear view because I feel like, yeah, what's the point of that? But I really feel like this has been the exact meeting of my interests and my limited skill set certainly as a as an attorney we all know we have a lot of limits math science those are all out the door so um it's yeah. funny you should say that it really is because numbers and I just don't get along right so that's why I went into law <laughs> exactly that's the real lawyer joke right it's like uh, what kind of person is a total dummy in math like oh, every lawyer you ever know that's there you go that's right there you go there you go um, 
Yeah. So I would say that I, I, I absolutely love what I do and I love meeting the clients. So yes. fun. Yes. Do you ever get to travel to um, some of these countries and, and, and sort of meet the clients prior to? It'd be fun. I have done. Yeah. I mean, it would be super fun. I have done some limited traveling, obviously not in the last couple of months. Um, but that <laughs> I wonder so- why, Angie. <laughs> yes. I have been in my back bedroom, my backyard, my mother-in-law's empty apartment. So my kid can scream and do all the stuff at home with my husband and I can actually work. Yes. Um, but that really was actually one of my big 2020 goals. And hopefully I get there in the, in the second half. I have done some uh, traveling to, to other countries and kind of doing some presentations for people who are interested. And I really want to get into that again. I'm, my, my goals this year at the very beginning of the year were Canada and Mexico. Um, lots of people, lots of E2s from both of those countries. Obviously, time differences are easy. The flights are easy for me. I mean, you know, it's only a couple hours. Um, so that's kind of the goal for this year. I hope I make it. Hopefully, <laughs> after this year, I can make it. Yeah, absolutely. In September uh, last year, my husband and I, we traveled to Italy and it was our very Ooh. first trip there. It was <gasps> absolutely beautiful. The food yes, was incredible. Oh yeah. my God, Angie, you yes. have to put that on your bucket list. And yes. when we got back, cause we went to Rome and we mm-hmm. went to Florence. Oh my God. The shopping in Florence. Yes. 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 Wow. And Florence is amazing, yes. It, incredible. And then we went to Venice as well. And then when we got back two weeks later, it was flooded. Oh, you went right at that? Oh, interesting. We got yeah. so lucky. So lucky. You just barely made it. And then all of, all of this stuff, right? I mean, it, Italy's really gone through a lot lately. I know, I know. Right. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. We went to the, my last Italy trip was to the Amalfi Coast. And it's like, <gasps> Except for the driving. The roads are completely terrifying. But (laughs) other than that, it was amazing. And yeah, I mean, you bring your sweatpants. Like you are not going to fit into your jeans, guaranteed, when you leave. Exactly. It is so amazing. I totally agree. Absolutely. We definitely have to get back to traveling. Um, We will add your information to our show notes, Angie. Um, But before we we do have to conclude this, I mean, I could go on for hours and hours with you, honestly. Me too. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I think if you are considering opening a business in the United States, um, it's still a good time. It really, really is. This is, a, this is, like I said, it's a six-month process. And wow, talk about, I think people are going to be so ready for 2021. Oh, yeah. And I think business will be booming by the time, you know, December, January, which is right when you would be over here. Um, it's still a great time. The United States is an amazing place for entrepreneurs. Um, you know, small businesses are the truly the lifeblood of the United States. And it is not only something I enjoy, but it is truly my honor to help people come to the United States. I cannot emphasize um, how important I feel that entrepreneurs are to the United States and how the people that I brought here, I am just, I, I can't even believe that I got to participate in them coming here. I am thrilled to do it. And so wherever you are at in the world, wherever you want to be in the United States, I am here to help. And I am 
honored to help you through this That's process. That's really incredible. And um, I think it was last November, all the days right now, they're sort of just running into one, aren't they? Know, you you say know. that day, this day, and the other yes. day. So yes. the other day, <laughs> um, I actually was, um, I got the pleasure of being part of a show. Uh, the show is called Everyday Edison's. Everyday oh. Edison's. And literally what the show does, it promotes your regular everyday inventor from the street. And I had interviewed the CEO of um, Edison Nation, that's the parent company, and oh. I was asking him, I said, um, do you think on the future shows, do you think you'll have um, inventors from around the world? And he goes, oh, yes, absolutely, that's the goal. So I know people eventually will get to watch this show, and it's, uh, we're, we're going to be working on season six later this year. Ah! But that's crazy for those inventors. I mean, if they want to come over here and show their product and, and if they actually do want to move here to create the product, you're mm -hmm. a fantastic source for them. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I have had inventors and it's awesome. Yes. Because even more so than regular entrepreneurs, they're so passionate. They've got this amazing idea that's going to like revolutionize the blah, blah, blah industry. Love it. I've helped yes. entrepreneurs. I've helped inventors love it and yes i'd be thrilled absolutely be fantastic angie how can our audience get in touch with you um, i'm on whatsapp or wechat the same um it's uh, one obviously u.s uh, country code 323 434 4385. Of course, they can email me a rupert at rupertlawgroup.com. Um, Instagram, e2visa attorney. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, I think, of the same name. LinkedIn. I'm around. Reach out anytime. <laughs> RupertLawGroup.com. Oh, that's where there's a bunch of stuff there too. So yeah. There you go. And again, we'll have all that information as part of our show notes. Angie, what a pleasure it was to chat with you today. Thanks, Kelly. It was super fun. Thanks for having me. It was great. And you're going to be such a tremendous resource for my audience. I can, I know that. Uh, you'll be getting these emails trickling in and Hello, so. Angie. Heard you on the Go Legal Yourself podcast, and I'm ready to move to the USA. Yes, let's do it. I'm ready too. Absolutely love, love America, love living here. It truly is a, a, a land of opportunities and where dreams do come true. It's true. That's yep. true. Yep. Thank you again, Angie, so much. Thanks, Kelly. And for our audience, please make sure you do download the app. It's Go Legal Yourself, and you can leave us comments and provide us feedback right from the app. And remember, the only way you become successful is if you make today the day you go legal yourself. I am Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. It has been my pleasure today to be your host. Until next time, cheers to your success.